0: Hello everybody and welcome to Mind Body Green's Beauty Podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and Mind Body Green's Beauty Director, Alexandra Ingler. On this podcast, we explore beauty through the lens of well-being. Thank you so much for joining. And on today's episode, we will be discussing makeup tips and well-being tips. And to do so, I am having on a celebrity makeup artist and certified health coach, uh, which I just love that combination. And I can't wait to get into how she came to this path and to uh, you know how how she approaches beauty. So, without further ado, Lisa Aaron, welcome. Thank you, thank you, Alex. I'm very like so excited to be here
1: with you and just very in awe of the fact that you asked me to be here. So
0: thank you so much. (laughs) Well, you are kind of a perfect guest for us, really. I mean, you know, you you're a beauty professional, you're a well-being professional, your, your work is outstanding. So, you know, I'm so excited to get into this. And I always start these episodes by, um, you know, allowing the guests to, to share their story and talk about how they found themselves into the beauty industry. And, you know, for you specifically makeup, um, what did your journey look like? I mean,
1: if I was to go back to the beginning of my first love for makeup, I would go back to when I was really little I mean I've been obsessed with it since I was a little girl I used to steal my mom's makeup do friends makeup in the bathroom but obviously I wasn't taking it seriously back then and I didn't you know ever think of it as a career path it was just sort of a creative outlet um, like any other art that I was in love with at that time but it was I guess around the time that in my 20s, I was going to school and I was doing the typical, you know, get your English degree or, um, you know, just basic college that my parents really wanted me to do. They The dream was to be a dental hygienist. And I was in school and really not seeing like an end goal within that path. And so... I started taking other classes, um, and I'm from Vancouver, I'm Canadian, so I was living there at the time. I was going to Vancouver Film School, and I was going to Emily Carr Art College, and I was just taking classes that appealed to me, um, everything from you know web publishing and web development to uh, Photoshop classes. And I started to do an associate's degree at a technical college because I was really fascinated by advertising and marketing, and I had a part-time job at a hair salon being a receptionist. And I was always really fascinated by the sales reps that were coming through and dealing with all of the hair care products and makeup products, because that was of interest to me. So I ended up getting a job full-time as a sales rep for a beauty supply company, still not taking makeup into consideration as a career path. I was going for more of the advertising, advertising route. And... I don't know, I was 20 and it felt really serious. I had an in home office and I thought I need to kind of tap back into um, something creative. And at Vancouver Film School at the time, they were offering a class for makeup for film and television. And all of my friends at the time were in the industry. But again, I just still didn't see it as a career path. But I took the class simply to have a creative outlet. And at the time, I was selling a makeup line. It was called Truco by a brand called Sebastian Haircare. I didn't know the first thing about selling makeup. And I thought, okay, you know what? If I take this class, it's a creative outlet for me, but it also would give me the ability to educate my clients and provide a new service. So I started this class. And I think it was two weeks in that I quit my job <laughs> completely. I had never felt so at peace while doing something like the act of applying makeup and that process and the the feeling that it invoked, in, invoked inside of me as I was figuring out these looks and and sort of the path to creating even special effects, it just, I felt incredible. And I just knew it was what I needed to do. and And finally, I saw the career path because in the makeup and TV, or sorry, the TV and film world in Vancouver, things were booming. And it wasn't just a counter job that you could get at Mac, which was sort of like the high end of the makeup artist tier at the time. Um, I think it paid the most. It was like $18 an hour or whatever. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I just, I, I finally saw it as a career path too. And I just, I started working at a theatrical makeup store. Um, I then became a skincare specialist and makeup artist for Chanel. I was one of their West Coast um, experts, they called us. And so we did like events in store, and I got to know a lot of the other brands just through being in department stores and sort of seeing the Laura Mercier counter and the Bobby Brown counter and everything that was happening with makeup at the time. And anyway, uh, I started on my first film, and then sort of doing day calls and getting my union status. And and yeah, I mean that was that was the beginning.
0: You're also a certified health coach, as I've mentioned, which I. I'm so fascinated about why you decided to go down that path as well. And, you know, how do those two parts of your career, you know, work together? Because I'm sure they benefit off each other, right? They do. Um, you know, I feel like
1: I wrapped up that my last thought on sort of the journey. And I feel like there's such a big gap between, well, my, between where my wellness journey started and where I ended my last note about being in the film and television industry.
0: Can I elaborate on that a little bit? Oh my God, please. Yeah, share more. So, you know,
1: the story just didn't really end with the film industry. Funny enough, very ironic, at the time there was a sad strike that was pending and everything shut down, everything wrapped up, and there was no more work. And that kind of propelled me into doing fashion. Editorial, advertising, commercial, everything that there was that still existed at the time, um, which is what we're scrambling for once again. <laughs> but yeah, and it just it didn't really exist in Vancouver. And so I'm I managed to get an agent and moved to Toronto where I started doing much more advertising and editorial work. And I was just frothing for everything I could get my eyes on as far as what was happening in New York. So I was really just looking at style.com after all the shows every single season um and just you know i would sit for hours clicking through all the shows and just like registering what spoke to me and what the trends were in beauty and of course buying like the magazines of the moment that were very much like nylon and then of course you know vogue and all the iterations of vogue but it wasn't until in vancouver you know you are and in toronto and canada and still a lot of the time you have to do hair and makeup and at the time there was no manicurist. so i also had to do nails and my agent at the time had asked me if i would be open to doing a manicure for jessica alba for cosmo and i thought well that would be kind of cool because i'd get to work with i believe the makeup artist at the time was leslie lopez and it wasn't so much the celebrity that i was attracted to as much as it was the other artists that i had never been able to learn from being in canada And so I did this job, and I watched as much as I possibly could, and I took in as much as I possibly could. It ended up being the cover, which I had no idea about, Um, also not a manicurist. And that led to another job, too, It was like the cover of InStyle with Carmen Electra. And then it was Christy Coleman who I got to learn from. And then finally, it was another cover of Harper's Bazaar with Catherine Zeta-Jones. This is the last cover, last manicure ever. But Dick Page was the makeup artist. And he was my mentor, my idol. That was like, I looked to every Marc Jacobs show at the time Narciso Rodriguez, Michael Kors. Like, he was just, oh my God, the epitome of beauty to me and fashion and cool. And anyway, I was so nervous to meet him. Like, I, I of course, did a good job with Catherine, but like, all I cared about was Dick Page. And at lunch, I asked him if he would look at my portfolio. I was like, If you tell me to throw it away and that I suck and I'm horrible, I will toss it right now and I will start over. But will you please just look at my book and tell me what you think? And he did. And he said, You do beautiful skin. Contact my agent. This is her information. And if you're interested in coming to New York to start doing Fashion Week, love to have you. I think that I cried. Sure, I would have too. I started immediately flying to New York for fashion week to assist him. And then I started meeting other people and other artists over the years. Um, I worked with Aaron DeMay and after doing a season in Paris and Milan with him, he said, you have to move to New York. We're going to sponsor your visa and it's time. And so in 20 days I moved to New York and I was working, assisting him doing French Vogue every day. So that was really my journey to sort of where I am at this point, living in New York and now for 17 years. If it wasn't for Dick and if it wasn't for Aaron I wouldn't be here, I don't think. They cemented a path for me that was really, really hard to find at that time because there wasn't Instagram and there wasn't, you know, you, you couldn't get a hold of people. And you had to like email their agents and you had to track them down and maybe find an email and and it was it wasn't that easy. So I really um I thank them and I, I really value everything that they did for me to get to there. As far as wellness, that happened a lot I, some, sometime later. And like makeup, I feel like it was always there, but I never saw it to be something that was a career path or something that could be integrated into my existing path until I started having health issues which I think is very much a catalyst for a lot of people being on their own journey. But I was just having a lot of like digestive issues to be transparent. And I was tiny. I weighed 110 pounds, but I felt awful. And so I started, I, the the concept of doing a detox was new to me, but, and it wasn't a master cleanse. It wasn't not eating. It was um, just Getting rid of things that didn't serve me, that didn't provide energy, that didn't provide strength in my body, that cleared my skin, that just were so powerful with such small changes. At the time, I was seeing uh, a naturopath that was incredible, and I mean, all I did was cut out white flour, sugar, alcohol. Started on a probiotic, like a, a very like a strong probiotic. My hormonal acne was gone. I had energy. I didn't have bloating. I didn't have gas. I, like, I felt incredible. Um, and I don't even think I lost any weight because it wasn't to lose. There wasn't anything to lose at the time. And that wasn't the goal. Um, but it was at that point that I just saw how much power wellness had for our skin health and our bodies. And uh, that just grew over time. So when I became pregnant, I, I really w- I wish that I had been able to embrace it with the excitement that a lot of women do. But even though we were trying, I felt like it was going to be the end of my body <laughs> and <laughs> the end of life as I knew it. And there was two things at play. I felt like if I didn't do this certification or this course that I was interested in now, I was never going to do it which was the Institute of Integrated Nutrition. And I think a lot of people are familiar with it. I knew if I didn't do it now, I wasn't going to do it. And I also felt like I needed to support my year of being pregnant in the best way that I possibly could. And this was a way to do it. And so it started as a a path for myself. Like it wasn't anything to do with anybody else. And uh later i realized how much it could really really help in my work because i was able to offer maybe just the smallest thing like hey how much water are you drinking or how much are you sleeping or are you taking a probiotic when somebody asks me what moisturizer should i use and i just knew i had to do that certification and just enhance my my wellness
0: knowledge so that i could help myself and help others big picture. Your journey is so interesting. I feel like so many people, myself included, find themselves interested in well-being just purely out of need. And I don't wanna say a last resort, but kind of. You try everything else and nothing else seems to be working. And so, you know, you have to get back to the basics. Do you find that when you work with your clients, um, I know you have like many esteemed clients, you know, do you find when they come to you asking these questions, and you give them advice about well-being and how they can better take care of themselves as a whole, how receptive are people to, to these sorts of concepts? Because I do think that the wellness industry is obviously so much bigger than it once was and so much more open and inclusive and not so, I don't know, in the corner and woo-woo. So I would think that people are, would be more receptive now. Is that, is that correct? Am I correct in that assumption? Yeah,
1: I, I mean, I think people are receptive. I also think people are very knowledgeable, like thanks to the wellness industry blowing up and, you know, websites like Mind Body Green, and like, you know, podcasts. And we have so much information available to us in a way that wasn't available before. But I think that it's funny. I, I think that I don't always offer advice or tell people what to do as much as I ask questions To lead them to that information themselves. And I don't even know if sometimes my clients know that it's happening. (laughs) It's very psychological, right? Beauty, wellness, it is a psychological thing. And I think that in therapy, you know, let's say therapists, they ask you, they gather information, they ask you leading questions. And often we have the answers. And I think that we ultimately, if we listen to our bodies, we also have those answers. And so, if somebody is having an issue whether it's acne or it's dehydration or whatever it is that they're dealing with they often know what they're doing or not doing that's causing that whether it be too much alcohol consumption too much travel not enough sleep um you know not enough water too much fried foods and so i think there's a lot of power in, in helping people self discover what their issues are and leading them to finding those answers and i feel like people are more apt to listen feeling like it was their idea versus yours a lot of the time if
0: that makes sense totally does make sense and i think you're so right that people often know instinctively like what what the solution is in a lot of ways i didn't think about myself you know as we're talking about this and like i i love skincare i i it's literally my job to talk about this sort of stuff and yet I know that when my skin when I have dark circles under my eyes or maybe my rosacea is flaring up it's like I know why it's happening and it's happening because I'm not taking care of myself like I typically am right or you know I had too much wine the night before or I haven't been as diligent with my nutrition or whatever it is it's like I. We know what we're doing to our bodies. It's just about coming to that self-discovery, like you said, and coming to that understanding. And it's not always a bad thing, right? Like sometimes you know that, okay, traveling or doing whatever is, it's going to mess up my my skin or it's going to cause me to have a flare up or whatever it is. But you just do it anyway and you deal with it. And, you know, you you make those trade-offs and you make those choices. So I just, I don't know. I think that like self-discovery and talking and your point about, you know, coming to that realization on your own, I think is really important, really interesting. It mirrors how I how I approach it myself almost.
1: Well, speaking to you about Rosacea, like being somebody that has it myself, let me ask you, like, is there literally any product that you can put on a Rosacea flare up that makes it go away? Do you have like a cream or an ointment or anything that you can topically apply to your face that will within like 24 hours make your rosacea go down?
0: I have a few moisturizers that are calming and I would say yes, within 24 hours they help. I don't have anything that's immediate, you know?
1: Maybe this is the wrong point to make. However, for myself um, with rosacea, if my skin is acting up, I can fix it within 24 hours with water and food and sleep, but I can't fix it with a cream. I have plenty of like between antibiotic ointment to, you know, fragrance-free healing balms, everything that supports it. None of it actually makes it go away. Everything is internal. And so... I almost feel like it's irresponsible of me to not be able to offer that information when somebody asks me what product they should use on their face. I feel like I can't answer it until I have the other answers of what else is happening with you? Like stress is so powerful. And when I was coming out of my certification, we had to actually have health coaching sessions. And so I used friends, you know, to study the health coaching field, essentially, I had to do that, Uh, even if it wasn't what I was going to practice full time. I had a friend that was losing her hair. I had a friend that couldn't get rid of that last pound. I had, um, you know, a friend that was dealing with like with acne and skin issues. And after dealing or after kind of going through it with all of them, the answer was stress for all of them. Like stress was the underlying issue for all of their issues. And there was nothing that I could recommend as a makeup artist or as a beauty expert that was going to help them. It was just talking to them and being a good friend and helping them realize that that's what they were doing to themselves or what life circumstances were doing to them at the time. And it's just, it's all integrated. And so I just, I wanted to have a little bit of authority when I was giving advice, if I was giving it. In my chair, I didn't want to be somebody that just was like reading every blog and watching every TikTok, going, "Oh, you know what you should do? This is gonna fix everything." <laughs> Which there's so much of that out there, and there's just not a one size fits all for anyone in beauty or in wellness. Everything works differently for for each individual, and in at IIN at least we studied like over a hundred different dietary theories and I just I don't believe that keto works for everyone I don't believe that a macrobiotic diet works for everybody or being vegan or you know there's just there is nothing that works for everyone and you have to figure out what works for you both in skincare and makeup and in what you're putting into your body so
0: yeah no I mean I I think you're absolutely right. And to the point of, you know, social media and what you were saying about, um, you know, just being another one of those voices who's just, you know, espousing information that maybe they aren't as well studied in. I, I think with social media and especially TikTok is, you know, people get on these social platforms and they talk about XYZ diet or they talk about XYZ skincare routine. And the way it's presented to people, it's like, everyone in the world must do this one thing to solve their problems, or everyone in the world must do this one skincare step to solve their problems. And I think that while I believe that social media has been incredibly beneficial for um, mass education, um, the flip side of it is it has unfortunately, you know, I think created this atmosphere where we think that all advice is for everyone equally, which is certainly not how wellness and beauty should be approached, which is, you know, exactly the point that you're making.
1: It's, I mean, it's tricky. There's a lot of voices to weed through these days to find what works for you and the right audience. And I don't know. I just, I encourage people to listen to their skin and listen to their bodies. And if something's not working for you just because it's like the major trend right now, let it go. Like it's okay. (laughs) I have so many girlfriends that have young daughters that are obsessed with skincare right now that are using products. They just don't need to be using like, you know, AHAs and retinols and, and things that, they just absolutely should not be using at their age, but because they're on social media, they want to be a part of that movement. And I am trying desperately to just speak to them and help them, um, come up with a more, you know, minimal routine that will serve them better and not create problems in the future. So
0: Totally. I mean, that is an uphill battle. I feel like with the young, uh, younger generations on social media. I mean, they just all have such extensive skincare routines, and it's. I don't know. I, it a little bit makes me worried. Um, I, I mean, I guess a lot of it makes me worried. But um.
1: <laughs> I honestly feel like even
0: even as adults, I,
1: I don't know about you, but during the pandemic, I. I really came to terms with the fact that I had rosacea because I had all the time in the world to finally take care of myself. Well, I mean, other than having a seven-year-old, but you know, I had time at night to do my seven-step routine, and I came to realize that that was my biggest problem. I my skin was on fire every night, and I, was, I couldn't figure out what was going on. I was using the most, you know, uh, sort of. I mean very like high-end luxury products that were all clean and had beautiful botanicals. And, um, it was all that beautiful natural fragrance that was doing me in and so much of it, so many actives. And so, yeah, I just, I urge and encourage people to pair things back when they can't figure out what is happening with their skin. Just, do a little skincare detox the same way that you would do a diet detox and just bring it back to basics until you figure out what's happening.
0: Yeah. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I feel like I was in the same boat during the pandemic, especially at the start. I was just like, okay, let's put it all on my face. and <laughs> That didn't really work out for me. Your skin's incredible, by the way. You're Absolutely glowing! Thank you. I mean, same to you. You have such beautiful skin. So, but you know, I I always say my skin is a little high maintenance. So it certainly it needs work, but not in the sense of I need to do multiple steps. It's just like it needs work in the sense of I have to sleep eight hours. I have to eat well. I can only drink one cup of coffee a day. Like I only drink once a week, you know, it's <laughs> it's high maintenance in a
1: lot of ways. it's very regimented. I feel like there's weeks where that's easy and there's weeks where that's not so easy. So all the power to you.
0: Well, I shouldn't say that I'm good at it all the time, but it's something that I think about.
1: <laughs> I think it's everything in moderation. You know, again, it's funny how there's just so many parallels between skincare and diet where, you know, I find that if I eat whole foods and I've got my water intake and I'm taking my supplements and, you know, my powders and, and I'm on track with that and really consistent that I can 1000% have a day or two where I'm drinking all the natural wine I want and having a big plate of bolognese and I can, I can do what I want. And it doesn't, it it doesn't trip me up at all like i'm completely fine as long as i go back you know to being on track a couple of days later same with skincare i do unfortunately have to stick to a lot of fragrance free formulas and because my skin just flares up all too easily these days but if i stick with my skincare regimen that works for me 5 days out of the week 2 days out of the week i can use my vitamin's daughter i can use my de fruta i can use all my beautifully smelling Clean, botanically loaded and essential oils. Like I can just, I can use those products and I, you know, my skin will, will withstand them for a couple of days as long as I go back. So it's just everything in moderation.
0: Yeah. I really like that advice of, you know, having your standard, very sensitive, skin safe routine and then being able to experiment and explore in other areas of skin care, as long as you have, you know, your basics that you go back to. Um, I, I think that's really great advice, especially for those with sensitive skin, you know, like myself. And certainly that's something that I think I'll I'll start exploring with. So good tip. Thank you. <laughs> I would love to know how it works out for you. Of course, like, you know, there's some people that have severe
1: allergies and I don't advise that for them, but sensitive skin category not the insanely allergic skincare category
0: (laughs) yeah that's a fair caveat
1: (laughs) it works um and also i don't know about you but i find that things that come off my face immediately i can withstand a little bit better too so totally right so i could use like a cleanser that has essential oils in it like a a nice oil cleanser i can use um yeah i can use things that have fragrance as long as they're coming right off as long as they're not just sitting on my skin and I can use them on my body so I get I get a hit of that aromatherapy and everything that we love about
0: those products in a similar vein what I have found so I used to use as my exfoliation step I used to use like the serums and the leave-on treatments and now what I've done is I switched to you know I'll use an exfoliating mask Maybe, you know, once a week, once every other week, because that's a wash off product, you know, and so it doesn't have as long of contact with my skin and therefore isn't as irritating, which I have found to be a a total game changer with how I approach exfoliation, just because I've, my skin can't tolerate a ton of exfoliation. So I have to be very mindful in how I do it, you know, it's high maintenance. We we're high maintenance.
1: But you understand your skin and that's huge. I, I mean, I'm sure you can remember a time that you didn't. And that was, I mean, that feeling of helplessness and not being able to to figure it out is much worse. So I vote high maintenance and understanding your skin versus not any day.
0: Yeah, no, and it's, um, it's a journey and it takes a while to figure it out. And then, you know, once you figure it out, Something happens in your life and your skin changes, and you kind of have to figure it out again. So it's a, you know, it's a lifelong thing. It's an evolution. I mean,
1: it's always changing. And 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 again, same with your diet. Like, how many people do I know that used to be vegetarian that now eat red meat because they lacked energy and stamina and the ability to exercise in the way that they wanted to or needed to? You know, it's just it's it's always changing. I mean. I don't know. When I was pregnant, I was able to drink a full glass of milk. And I most definitely am sensitive to dairy. But that's what my body wanted and needed at the time. And it worked. So I mean, pregnancy is a whole other I don't know. (laughs) It's a whole other thing. But 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 it's just one example of how your body can change over time and and just needing to listen to it and not judging yourself
0: for it. I think the protein thing is interesting because I have totally seen that shift recently where protein has really entered the conversation again in a major way. And a lot of women I know have started reprioritizing their protein intake. And I just feel like up until the last few years, it was just not something that people really talked about or cared about or making sure that they were getting adequate protein. Um, So it's just very interesting that you say that. Uh, It's just like something that I've noticed recently where just people have been, you know, recommitting themselves to making sure that they get enough protein intake. I've noticed that
1: along with um, muscle building versus cardio. Um, I think that, you know, as women get older, we just can't hold on to muscle mass the same way that we used to. And so it's just becoming more important. I mean, from my age group anyway, um, and I even kicked that up. I mean, I'm Pilates devotee and that builds muscle for sure. But I was doing like body camp and lifting weights and seeing like a massive transformation in my body and my energy due to that. And so, yeah, it's interesting. But again, I mean, this is the, the ebb and flow of, of trends and diet and exercise and, and beauty, right? So. I'm gonna I bet you now everyone I talk to is gonna be talking about protein intake
0: <laughs> I know I definitely see it it's definitely like percolating in the zeitgeist which I just I think is interesting because I don't five ten years ago I don't remember any women I know I knew talking about you know making sure that they get enough grams of protein a day and now I see it all over so I just I, I find it fascinating this has been a fantastic discussion about the wellness industry and your views and your advice on it. I I do want to move over to more of the traditional makeup end of the conversation and your, you know, and selfishly get some advice from you. <laughs> I can't have you on without getting your delicious little tips. So, you know, why don't we start off this conversation with, with your aesthetic? You know, you have this really beautiful, natural, glowy aesthetic. And I, I want to know, where does that come from? Has that always been kind of your signature? Or, you know, do you consider it your signature? It wasn't a purposeful choice or decision. I think that it's
1: just how I've always seen skin. I, even being makeup-obsessed, as a teenager wearing, you know, a thick black liner or that, you know, Mac twig lip or whatever was, you know, trending at that time. I never really played with foundation too often. I used a concealer and kind of let my skin shine through. And it wasn't only until I dealt with, you know, a short time of cystic acne that I started wearing a little bit of heavier makeup in some areas. So I think that it starts with how I've always seen myself and what I thought Beautiful skin should look like. And then I think it progressed when I started assisting people like Dick Page and Aaron, who were also so skin focused and exceptional at it. Um, I learned how to do that flawless skin and only use what you need to use through working with them. And it really supported sort of how I felt about makeup. And I think that's why I looked to them to begin with as mentors even before I worked with them, or as, you know, innovators. And then that, I just never let go of that. I mean, working in the editorial world, like it's art, you know, there's there's no mistaking that, it's art, and I have piled on glitter over shadow, over metallic paint, over everything. But even through working in that capacity, I never stopped honoring the skin. And letting the skin shine through in whatever way that I could, um, I didn't need to do a full beat in order to execute an artistic makeup look, and I feel like that just again like evolved and translated into when I started doing celebrity and, and music. Um, I still kind of let the skin shine through and mix that with creative looks and I just I don't. I mean, if you're going for, I don't know, like a very specific editorial look, like I understand doing like a really incredible matte skin or, um, you know, I work with Florence from Florence and the Machine and I have for the last like 11 years and that girl runs across the stage back and forth every night. I need to give her something a little more to hold that, you know? But it's very circumstantial. Um, you know, again, for like a red carpet, you need something to hold for the night, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to pile it on. Um, I just, yeah, I guess I've just always felt like it was important to let somebody's natural skin shine through. And I feel
0: that way for myself and for everybody. So So, you know, I think I think especially with folks who are, you know, our readers or our listeners. Um the the quote-unquote no makeup makeup look is kind of our baseline I consider it my baseline I don't usually want to look like I'm wearing makeup I very much just want to you know cover up the dark circles and you know maybe maybe even out some redness and you know focus on the brows those those little touches um but I also know that quote-unquote no makeup makeup isn't as easy as it's cracked up to be, right? In fact, sometimes it can even be more challenging than, you know, doing the full beat or, you know, whatever. So, you know, I'm curious, when you approach a softer, more natural aesthetic, what are the challenges that come with that? And, you know, how have you over the years learned to approach, you know, those more challenging sides of quote-unquote natural-looking makeup? It's
1: ultimately like, way less forgiving right because you're dealing with you're not covering anything you're as you said you're like working with it right you're 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 doing a little bit of camouflaging you're doing a little bit of color correcting of course you're covering like a nasty spot that pops up and inevitably it will um but it's not as there's not a lot of room for spackling and getting this like solid canvas underneath to cover everything up um And I guess the challenges, I mean, I guess it's just that, that it's not very forgiving. You have to be very detail-oriented and very light-handed and very patient. You know, it's a lot of very thin layers, I would say. And I often will start with, you know, the areas that need the most coverage and then work my way out from there. But it's, again, it's just like, yes, being very, detail-oriented and patient and light-handed. And I love your tip about
0: a lot of thin layers. I, I think kind of learning that aspect of makeup was such a game changer for me because I think when, especially when I was young, I approached applying makeup as, okay, I have one step to apply the foundation and then another step to apply, you know, the concealer and then another step to apply the blush. But now how I approach it is like, I do a very very small wash of, you know, a tinted moisturizer and then, you know, you go in and you target the the under eyes and you do a little you do a little layer and then you go back and you add a little bit more and you know, it's all very it's all very subtle work. But to your point like it is more you have to be more thoughtful, right? Like you have to like l- actually look at your face. You're not just slapping it on.
1: Yeah. Exactly. You're not just lapping it on. And also because you're not using as much makeup, it makes skincare that much more important. And your prep, like everything that you're doing beforehand, whether it's just like ice rolling or red light mask or um, your new face or whatever it is, like that that skin prep is even more important because you aren't just covering everything and piling it on afterwards. You're like working with your natural skin texture and just trying to get that as as perfect as you can before you start your makeup.
0: When you're working with a celebrity client and you have, you know, let's say it's a red carpet appearance or something, what sort of steps are you taking to prep the skin? I'm sure it's far more extensive than what you would recommend for a day-to-day application, but this sort of stuff is always so interesting to me.
1: I do a lot of skin prep. I think it's it's a really important step to get people relaxed in your chair first and foremost, it should be fun. It should be enjoyable um, and a little bit pampering because you're getting them ready to do something probably not as fun, you know, you sort of being, you know, stepping out in front of a camera and having to work. And so this is really their time to be pampered and feel good and even before the makeup. So I usually start with, I cleanse the face, always first and foremost, just make sure there's no trace of anything on there. I like to do a sheet mask, and then I like to use a cooling tool. Um, Joanna Vargas makes this beautiful, she calls it a magic wand, and it has a warm setting and a cool setting, but I like to use the cool setting to just de-puff and get down any inflammation. So I'll put on a sheet mask, do the cooling wand, take that down, then apply a warm compress to the face, get off all the serum, it will go into the skin, but I just don't want any of the serum to mix with the next step. Sometimes it can be too much, so I'll do a warm compress, always bring the face back to life, and then I'll apply the skincare. I do a little gua sha, either um, using a rifa roller or a gua sha or just my hands sometimes, just do a bit of a facial massage. Um, and I really also enjoy the Julian Dempsey Gold Bar, it's just basically a vibrating tool, but under the eyes, because even though I'll do a little bit of deep puffing around the eyes with my fingertips, it's hard to get in there like properly with a lot of tools. And so I'll just go over the eye area gently with the vibration, and it really helps to deep puff and just get the circulation going around there. And then after I've done all the skincare and the massage, I sometimes will blot the excess product so that it doesn't get too um, emollient underneath the foundation. And that's where I begin. But that's usually like half an hour. And then sometimes there's an ice bucket involved, and, which is always hilarious. And uh, I have a lot of footage of, um, but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's really important. It's just, and, and I really enjoy doing that, giving that to giving that time to someone. Sure. And, you know,
0: I think there are, parts of that that I think are doable for people to do every day like for example doing a little gua sha around the eyes or you know just deep puffing a little bit I think those are very reasonable daily steps or you know if not daily at least every once in a while when you have a little bit more time
1: yeah so I think bedtime is like a good time to also if you can't get it in in the morning you have too hectic hectic of a schedule you have a kid at home um I'll do my you know, new face or face gym tool at night to get the microcurrent going on a regular basis and always just lay in bed and do that while I'm like reading or watching TV or whatever. And then in the morning I keep some ice rollers in the fridge and I'll literally be like running around making my tea or whatever it is while rolling my face out. So there's like always a couple of minutes where you can multitask and, and bring those, um, you
0: know, just hab- habits into the mix. You know, speaking on kind of the daily fundamentals, I always love to know what makeup artists think should be in a person's classic makeup bag. Like, what are the core staples that not every woman, but most women or men or any anyone of any gender should have in their makeup bag? Should they choose to wear makeup daily?
1: I guess I speak from my personal perspective, but I think mascara. A lash curler, I, that's my, I've talked about it plenty, but my desert island product, like forget about mascara, like no mascara is doing all that heavy lifting without a lash curler. So I even curl my lashes before I go to the beach and before I exercise, whatever it is, I just feel like it just wakes up my face, a concealer or some type of type of like multi- complexion product like i just i love a stick because it's just easy to travel and you can use it mixed with a bit of moisturizer to create a foundation if you need it um i do love a skin tint something really light just to even out your skin tone um i like some type of brow grooming product i personally like just using a tinted brow gel because it's really really quick and it just fills in where i need and holds them in place but if you do need a pencil of course Whatever is your preference. And then some type of lip product. I mean, I'm a lip balm junkie. Like, give me a lip mask. They're everywhere. They're scattered. There must Like, there's probably eight of them just surrounding my body right now because I need it (laughs) always near me. But yeah, like some type of lip that can just wake up your complexion. It's just the easiest way to go from feeling kind of blah to feeling vibrant and awake again. It's just throwing on like a red lip or... A nice gloss or some type of lip product that makes you feel like your complexion brightens.
0: Okay, I love I love every every single one of those product categories. So, oh, oh
1: my God, I cannot I cannot not say this. I can't believe I left out blush because that is my like holy grail product. So, like a multi, I use blush for you know a cream blush for lip, eye, cheek, something that I can use for everything. Something that you can use for everything. I like. Lash and eyelash curler. Don't leave home without it. <laughs> is that too much? What? I said, is that too much? Sorry.
0: No, no, I definitely never leave out, leave home without like a little multi-use balmy situation, you know, that I can tap on the lips or I can give myself a little bit more color or, you know, if I, if I need to last minute create some sort of eye look, I can use it. Um, I'm a, I always have one in my bag, so I'm right there with you. Okay, good. <laughs> Um,
1: I, yeah it's great I feel like just multi-products in general so that you can keep them in your purse and also make traveling really easy or make getting ready in the morning like I feel like don't need to spend more
0: than five minutes
1: doing your makeup in the
0: morning for the most part or like honestly sometimes I'll we we were discussing earlier I walk to work and so I don't always love to do my makeup before I walk to work because sometimes I get to the office and I'm Sweating, <laughs> you know, it's it's when it's hot out. So you know, I I have a handful of you know my little products, and I have them in my little bag, and then I'm and they're all multi-use products. So then I can easily just like gussy up when I get to the office, and you know, it it makes all the difference is just having like a few core products that can do multiple things, you know. And it's less time with makeup on your face. Totally which I, I'm, I'm always there for. I'm like, let that skincare sink in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's just, you know, an easier morning for myself. All I have to do is just get up and wash my face, put on the sunscreen and get out the door. I don't have to think too much. <laughs> exactly. I love that. So, you know, the last thing I want to chat with you about is how you take care of yourself daily. And um, why don't we start with your beauty routine? Let's start with skincare and then we can do makeup. Okay. Okay. Well, this is, this was, <laughs> this is
1: always a tough question because I have so many things um, and it's, it's constantly turning over and there's, I mean, I guess like I don't wash my face in the morning. I wash it at night. I feel like that's enough for me. And if I wash it at night, then I just like to work with my natural oils um, in the morning to you know, just keep my pH balance and my barrier protected. Um, Then I like to use, I usually don't use more than one serum in the morning and one serum at night. So I'll, I'll often opt for like a vitamin C serum or some type of barrier protecting serum in the morning followed by a moisturizer and eye cream. Always eye cream. I like Even before I became a habitual user of moisturizer, I never skipped my eye cream, and I think it bought me an extra few years. So um, that is something that I love to use. And then after I do my makeup, I usually give myself a spritz of some type of um, water just to help set everything. So, so yeah, I will... You know, after doing my makeup, come back to my last skincare step and use a face mist to just set everything and bring a glow back, especially if I've used any powder. Um, and then at night, it's really similar. I, I cleanse, I use some type of serum, sometimes it's a retinol, um, sometimes it's a exfoliant, like an AHA. Although, as we discussed earlier, like I'm definitely of the physical scrub a little bit more these days, just the less I need to sit on my skin, the better. And then again, just like some type of face oil or moisturizer. And I keep a mist next to my bed. So I always mist my face before going to sleep just to add a little boost of hydration. But I do try to keep it minimal and just space out doing a sheet mask or a face mask throughout the week. Um, along with trying to regularly use my red light mask because I do find that that's super helpful for my rosacea too. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, No, I love uh, red light therapy. It's really helped my skin, my rosacea in particular. Um, Okay. So what do you do for makeup? For makeup? I mean, it's very much what I
1: told you that was in what, what I think should be in someone's makeup bag. And I I mean, I didn't call out brands on the skincare front, but I would be very happy to because I have so many favorites and, uh, I don't know about you, but again, fragrance free world, Dr. Rogers restore has been a savior that is clinical shield recovery bomb, um, has been really, really helpful. The solution it's, uh, the Chanel La Solution 10, that's what it's called. Um, has been fantastic, which I never would have thought a Chanel product would be great for my skin, but it really
0: has helped a lot. And then as far as I get that product recommended on this podcast way more than one would think. I mean, it's like up there. Oh, yeah. People
1: love it. Yeah, it's it's so great. And, I, and those are all products that I keep in my makeup kit as well, because, you know, for anyone that has questionable skin in any way, and I don't want to disrupt that you know ecosystem and that that just that barrier then i'll just go the safe route and use those products um it's a treat but like once a week the sicily black rose cream mask has been pretty like i mean that's a red carpet savior for anyone that needs an immediate boost of hydration and glow Currently, I went to Credo on Friday and did a bit of a shop. And so I have a few new favorites that I'm really excited about. And I feel like I want to geek out on this weekend because you have similar skin. But Doray makes a micellar water that's really beautiful. And so I've switched out my bioderma for the moment. Um, And I'm using that as a cleanser. That's been really, I mean, even just through the weekend, I've noticed my skin feeling better. Um, And then Ursa Major has this Mountain Glow Golden Serum that I, of course, was in the dark about because I thought that it would set my skin off. But my skin's loving it. Um, The Ordinary just came out with a new product that I'm not supposed to be talking about, but I'm going to probably be posting about soon. It's a barrier serum. And I, I think I need to send it to you because it's like it's really it's really feeling, it's giving my skin this like feeling of protection that I haven't experienced in a little while. I'm really excited about. And, uh, SunGrade of Thruda, I don't know if you're familiar with the brand, but it's, um, it's a Vancouver Island based brand, but they're on a lot of the major, you know, websites. She is making some really, really beautiful products that when I have my, um, essential oil cheat day, I've been using and it's been amazing. Okay. So that's my, I, I could go on forever about shouting out favorite products, but I just wanted to shed some light on those and plug them. I mean, all great product recs. I'm, I'm on board. <laughs> um, and then makeup wise, I do, I start with, after doing my, my skincare, I use the Merit foundation concealer stick, talk about multi-use products. I use that under my eyes I blend it wherever I need. And if I need a little bit more, I'm obsessed with the Westman Atelier Vital Skin Drops. I'll do just a couple drops where I need a little bit of extra coverage. Um, it's fragrance-free, so I'm good there. And then Julian Dempsey makes this really beautiful um, cream uh, cream shadow, and I've been using that for years. So I just dab a little bit to add some lightness and brightness and open up my eye and and. Often, there's plenty of products that are in that realm. And so I'll switch those out as, you know, if I get bored with one, I'll just use another, which is some type of cream shadow that's brightening on the lid. Um, Pierre Weiss has an incredible, sustainable, refillable mascara that I use after using my um, eyelash curler. Eyelash curler is either Chanel or Kevin O'Quan, And then the Merit blushes have been great. The like Westman blushes are great. I have a million cream blushes um, that I try and stick with fragrance-free because that's where the flare-ups are that I absolutely love for a bit of glow. And then, oh my God, like lip products. I have so many, uh, just some type of lip product to keep me looking hydrated. Dore also makes like a nice healing balm. Same with Dr. Rogers. Just usually throw that on and sometimes with a bit of a lip liner. And I would be remiss not to mention that last year I created a line of lipsticks. They're called Lip Silks with a brand called Sochi, which is still direct to consumer. Um, But it's a clean beauty line with refillable lipsticks that basically just enhance whatever your natural lip color is to give you as little or as much payoff as you want. But they are really fantastic. And I, I'm not just saying that because I created the colors, but I have been using them in my kit like crazy. And I just give them to my clients as I use them for carpets and they've been, people have been loving them. So it's called Soshe, S-O-S-H-E. And I encourage you to try one of those lip silks. They're, they're really fun. I need to get my
0: hands on one of these. I, I will send them to you. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Deal. (laughs) Um, I mean, I love your aesthetic and I feel like you have such great taste in products and formulas. So I don't know if you if you had a hand in making them, I I'm sold. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. OK, so then I you know, the last little bit that I want to talk about is um, your well-being must haves. Obviously, we know that taking care of yourself is um it involves everything, not just skincare. You know, it involves how much you sleep. It involves what you eat. It involves de-stressing. Um, so, you know, what are some of your core wellbeing
1: rituals? I mean, other than the boring things like sleeping eight hours, which I try and set timers on my phone and my, and my watch to like remind me that I need to go to bed to get those eight hours, um, and drinking lots of water and just trying to incorporate as many whole foods into my diet as possible, because that's, where my skin responds well and my energy responds well. Um, I love, and this is like, I feel like I don't even understand how it can be good for you, but, because it's so delicious, but the Saqqara metabolism powder, I've replaced coffee with that because I can't drink caffeine. It's like, it does a number on me in many different ways and it's very sad, but I've switched to the metabolism powder in the morning and the cacao just gives me enough energy to kind of get through. It helps satiate cravings. And I'm not a big breakfast eater, which is a problem that I'm always working on. But that's been something that I've been excited to actually put in my body in the morning. Um, and I switch things up. So I go between that and then having my athletic greens, which I know everybody knows about, but um, it's really helped me feel like it's I'm staying on track even throughout the summer where we all tend to fall off a little bit maybe drink a little more, um, maybe go out for more meals and not be in our regimens so much. Um, That's really helped keep me straight. Um, Just keeping on my probiotics and when I'm starting to feel low, just upping my levels of D3 and vitamin C, um, obviously both really great for the skin and for our immune system. Um, As far as just the things that help me feel grounded, really fortunate to have a bungalow at the beach, uh, in Rockaway. And so it's just lots of bike rides and beach walks. And, um, this summer I got to swim a lot because we were in Vancouver. And so I was just waking up and just getting straight into the pool and, and doing, you know, 20 laps in the morning, um, going for hikes. Like I think that any opportunity that I get, I try and connect with nature and being in a city like New York, it's just been really really important to take those opportunities whenever they arise um and when I can't get out into nature Pilates I just it, it's been it's transformed my body and my mind and it's challenging and I just I love it it doesn't feel like works me um so you know I, I I wish that I could practice yoga more the way that I used to but I have a really bad wrist and so that's been suffering a little bit but um yeah I guess just kind of practicing those things is just what keeps me feeling de-stressed and able to deal with the consistently changing schedule that I have to deal with and um just connecting with friends and making sure we make time for our people and our community and spending time with my son and I don't know. I don't think it's anything too outside of the box.
0: <laughs> no, but I, I will say in a city like New York, I do think it is hard to um stick to things sometimes. So I do applaud anybody who who has, you know, routines that they they can try their best to stick to, you know, because it's just New York throws stuff at you all the time and it's just it it can be really destabilizing. So anytime someone has a routine that they stick with, I'm like, wow, good for you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> totally. I mean, it's, like I feel like it needs to be easily accessible or I won't
1: do it. So luckily I have some studios like Sky Ting's right behind me and um, a couple of body studios nearby that I, I love. And honestly, like sometimes if I don't have the energy for that kind of self-care, I think, you know, taking care go for a facial, go lay in a light bed, go for an oxygen treatment. Like I try really hard. I, I always put myself last in that respect. And in the last couple of years, I've really sort of up my wellness game in that way. And uh um, you know, there's places like Remedy Place that you can go and get your vitamin shots and oxygen beds. And then if you um to get into Joanna Vargas, who is my regular facialist, like it took me a while to get over the uh the claustrophobia, but she has some oxygen beds <laughs> in there that after uh, a more intense facial treatment have been incredible i've never seen my skin so clear so you know little things like that
0: she also has these lymphatic drainage boots that i die for oh my god i that is like my treatment of choice like if i could get a lymphatic drainage massage every week i would just be the happiest person in the world i love them so much <laughs> it's the little things isn't
1: it it's like getting that 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 touch and that that care that we just we'd never get enough of. So it's so great that you figured out what works for you. Oh my God. I live for those boots too. I'm like, put me in the boots and can you give me a facial while I'm in the oxygen bed? And then can you put the oxygen bed in the light bed? Because we have one hour and I need everything. (laughs) Put it all on. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) This is this is our lives, right? It's like the chaos that you're just trying to find moments of peace within it. So I know. <laughs> I'm coming into Dumbo to visit you. I'm- <laughs>
0: You do have to come and Lisa, this was so fun. I could listen to you chat all day. You just encapsulate so much of what we talk about here and um, you know, what our our beliefs in beauty are. And so it's just, it's so refreshing to talk to you. And I just, oh my God, I loved this conversation. Thank you. I loved it too. Thank you for allowing me to be here. I feel very honored. Truly honor and pleasure is all mine. So (laughs) thanks Alex. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. For more beauty content from the team at MindBuddyGreen, you can always read along with our content at mindbuddygreen.com, follow us on social media, and of course, tune in to next week's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to rate and review us. And if you ever want to reach out with questions or insights or thoughts, you can find me on Instagram at alex_blair. underscore blair underscore. Thanks so much for your time.